This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Episode 5, our interview with Tim Jobson of Predictive Health Intelligence, plus, from The Vault, Conversation 39.4 from Season 3, in which Louise Campbell, Ian Rowe, and I discuss some of the other frontline screening tests and systems in place in the UK in the summer of 2022, and take a look at issues surrounding the entire question of patient screening and bringing patients in. In this conversation, Predictive Health Intelligence Director and Co-Founder Tim Jobson details Predictive Health Service, which he describes as, and I quote, combined informatics and clinical programs simultaneously. It's aimed at taking what he describes again as a huge amount of data stored in multiple doctor systems and converts them to an integrated data set that can be used to target and bring patients in clear need of treatment to see a physician, mostly hepatologist. Tim describes the initial idea that there are thousands of patients in any given region of the UK who have taken blood tests at several different offices that are not connected. This system aggregates a large number of blood tests from all those locations, links them to patients, and then looks for patterns in the single patient. If a target pattern exists, patients called in for a visit, which can lead to treatment or intervention. After Tim finishes laying all this out, as his team has constructed it, Jorn Schottenberg reflects on how similar this challenge is to much of his own patient management asks two questions. Whether they are looking at earlier stage patients? Answer, not yet. And how patient response has been? Answer, it's early days, but so far overwhelmingly predictive. The challenge of cost-effective screening and triage of patients who are likely to be living with fatty liver is already pivotal and will become more so over time as drugs become available, publicity ramps up, and advanced fibrosis and cirrhosis rates continue to climb all over the world. This episode explores a solution that looks straightforward to implement in places that do not have integrated patient-level electronic health data like the U.S. And the conversations cut a big idea into bite-sized pieces. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. We have with us Dr. Tim Jobson, who is a co-founder and director of a company in the UK called Predictive Health Intelligence. I'll talk about this more after everybody says hi, but Tim brings one of the answers to a question I keep asking on this podcast. And so this should be a fantastic episode. Tim, how are you this evening? Tim Jobson. Very well. Thank you very much, Roger. Thank you for joining us. And then, of course, we have Jorn and Louise here with us. Jorn, how's your evening in Mainz doing? Jorn Schattenberg. Oh, it's just fine. Feels like I've slowly settled back in my clinic days. So next travels are already around the corner, which brings in the madness of being an academic clinician, I guess, but also the fun about it. I'm very excited about this session here today. And thanks for joining us, Tim. I'm looking forward to your thoughts about how to tackle this health problem. That sounds perfectly reasonable. And then in her last podcast appearance before she gets on a plane for 24 hours tomorrow and flies back to Australia, we've got Louise. How are you this evening? Louise Campbell. Oh, very well. Thank you very much. Trying to tie up a load of loose ends before I go. And it's great to see Tim and Sean again. So Tim is a co-founder and director of Predictive Health Intelligence and do all of our listeners a favor. Take a couple of minutes and tell us a little bit about your background, what, what you're doing right now, all the things you're doing right now, how you got there. And then I'll have one question for you when you're done. Thank you very much, Roger. So I'm a consultant gastroenterologist working in the National Health Service in the UK. I have special interest in liver disease, which has developed over the years. And key interest in chronic liver disease translated into a question. How do we find the patients we know are out there that we can't see, that aren't being referred to us, that need 
need treatment, they need intervention. So in addition to the day job, about five or six years ago, we started looking at this in a number of ways locally. How can we improve care pathways? How can we set up our clinics to find the patients before they just become one of the statistics? So that the number of years of life lost, the late presentation with decompensated disease, this is much true for us as kind of the whole of the Western world, really. And we started looking at what data was in our systems, blood test data going back many years, and it really becomes clear that we're missing something. So there's plenty of patients who've had blood tests going back many years, and they're not being referred. So not being investigated properly, they're not being referred to hepatology services when they need to be, they're not having the right interventions. And I guess the very first question when we looked at that was, well, why is that happening? And one of the reasons is because healthcare services are disjointed. Blood tests could be done one clinic one day, later that year, completely different clinic, another blood test done. Nobody's joining up those pieces. When they come to the liver clinic eventually, or they get admitted as an emergency, yes, we take stock, we look back, we see all those blood tests over years. So we started looking at how we could analyze that data in a really straightforward way that identified the patients in need of intervention. Had a bit of health intelligence come about? Well, I've worked for many years with my co-founder, uh, Neil Stevens, who's director of IT in the NHS before he went on to work for himself as a management consultant, uh, doing a number of projects supporting really IT development within the health service. We were just chatting about the problem. How do we solve this problem? How do we turn this huge pile of data into something that's really accessible and accessible to the healthcare teams? So I think everybody knows there's a huge amount of data sitting in our systems and clever analytics can delve into that and find some really intriguing insights and find the answers. But we wanted to turn something that could be used on a day-to-day basis by healthcare teams, by researchers, by academics, everyone. We applied for health funding, so we were really lucky to get National Institute of Healthcare Research funding for this project, and that came in back in January 2020, which was interesting timing, because then there's this funny virus study going around, and we're a little bit struggling through the first lockdown to get going, to get underway, and we eventually started the project in, in August 2020, and we got funding that will last till the latter part of this year, really, um, on the on the core project. And during that, we have taken the data and built a system around it that does just exactly what we set out to do, identifies individuals, identifies cohorts of patients who have specific patterns of blood tests that really indicate their immune intervention. So that's what we did. So I dropped part of my work in the NHS. We, we set up the company to create the software, working with software engineers and build a system that works. And that's where we are today. Great. And we we'll want to hear more about exactly how that works in a little bit. It strikes me that you tread halfway down the path that Louise followed out of the NHS in pursuit of greater impact on liver. So um, we've got one and a half of you. Louise is out. You're part, you've stepped back. You and I got nothing to do with this. It's all right. We're on a page of our own. Not immediately, but it's a lot of questions Tim has been asking himself, you know, that I'm dealing with in everyday clinics. I'm looking forward to to share some of my thoughts and views. One of the big differences is obviously the NHS system, which has a little more different structure. Let's call it that way. I think the German system set up a little bit more liberal. The downside of that being data is not as well exploitable across different practices or patterns, but that's probably something that was also true for you in the beginning, Tim, and uh, it'd be interesting to learn to, you know, how you how you overcome those challenges. But anyway, it's a great approach and I think much needed in, in, in many situations of liver disease. The reason I'm so excited about this is that we've talked on this podcast a bunch about how to make use of frontline tests for screening and treatment purposes and the idea that it would be easy to do that in the U.S. because EHR, electronic health records, are so entrenched. Harder everywhere else. So when Tim and I were talking before the episode, he made the point that this is not an AI neural net kind of a solution, but I think that's a good thing because the data probably don't exist to implement those solutions in very many parts of the world. But this is an intriguing one. So Tim, do us a favor. You, you did a really nice job of a preamble of how 
you got here. Take a few minutes and tell us about what you're doing, please, and how it works. I think also right up front, it is a combined informatics and a clinical program simultaneously. So it's about developing new clinical pathways as we go, and I'll talk about some of those in a bit as well. What we wanted to do is take the retrospective view, essentially, of the potential patients out there. So a number of programs of work going on, so the intelligence of a function tests, some proactive screening programs, and so on, SCAR liver project. They're looking at a steady trickle of patients coming in, and we're sitting there looking at the data and saying, but there are hundreds, if not thousands of patients just in our patch who need to be seen. We need to get that pipeline going. That's what it's predicated on, that the patients already exist. A kind of sea change in how we think about referrals of patients into the unit, in that we're not waiting for referrals. We want to go and find the ones that, when they came to us, we'll, we'll recognize the ones who are ill and we'll treat them and we'll do the right things. How do we go and find the ones that, if we don't do anything, may never get referred, may never come to attention until they, they get decompensated, advanced liver disease. So in terms of the technical side, it was about taking all the data that exists uh, as much as we can, getting the right approvals in place, because that's always a challenge about use of data and secondary uses of data, and then cleaning it up, tidying it up and curating it and putting it into a system that now enables the end user, myself, clinical teams, other healthcare professionals, ask the system one simple question, show me the patients who've got these three, four, six patterns of blood tests in the systems. It is slightly different from a lot of other approaches where you look at a single point in time and say, what's the fib for today? So show me everybody with a high fib for. We're going to learn a little bit more detail on that. We're looking at trends over time. We're looking at cumulative results. We're looking at area under the curve. We're looking at, um, as I say, trend lines. So you can do exactly, almost replicate what we're doing in clinic. When I look and see a liver patient in clinic, well, the first thing to do is pull up the, the chart of blood tests going back 5, 10, 15 years. And I've had that conversation many times with patients. And they say, well, hang on a moment. You say my blood's been abnormal for several years. Shouldn't I have been diagnosed earlier? And, and the simple answer to that is yes. But we know they don't come to attention and we know all the reasons why that is. So we created a system. It's got around 200 million blood tests from our local patch for about half a million, half a million patients. And we created a system worked around that that would really quickly identify cohorts of patients, individual patients that met the criteria that you put in as a clinician. Quite specifically, we're not asking the system, show me patients with diagnosis X. We're not asking, show me patients who've got PBT, show me patients who've got NASH, show me patients who've got XYZ. We're just looking for patterns and it's up to the end user to say, I know what patterns I want to find and what I want to look for. And obviously the team who I'm working with, we're going through quite a lot of work validating some of those patterns and, and, and publishing that as, as we go. So that's all the system can do. Once we generate a cohort of patients, we then can look into more detail and then just start recording them for treatment. And it bypasses that process of waiting for somebody out there, whether it's their primary care practitioner, another specialist, another area, saying, oh, maybe there's a liver problem and sending them to us. We're actually going and grabbing these patients and bringing them in. And so that's what we're doing with the data that's there. And it's incredibly powerful and it's a new way of treating patients. So I said, this is a new clinical pathway. It isn't slightly new. It's not brand new in that we do screening programs all the time but it is slightly different from a screening program in that we have to have that conversation with a patient you've had these blood tests sitting in the system nobody's really twigged what they are telling us but when we look at them as liver specialists we say there's a pattern we recognize and yeah invite them in for treatment and intervention whatever that might be that's really fascinating louise you're on i've got a few questions but let me let you guys go first tim the clinical situation you're describing is something i can reflect on and, and that i've encountered myself and I think you're doing a great job in trying to tackle that. Two things resonated with me. One question was, you have these patients, and I do see them in clinic, that said, well, why doesn't anybody look at my liver test before? How, did you notice a change in, in the way the patient
patient response to the diagnosis after the referral through your pathway versus the traditional? Have you looked at, you know, maybe you, you get more early disease stages or more milder stages? You could say, well, maybe we get an over-referral or something. Have you done some sort of comparative analysis before and after, something that you like to share with us here? So it's early days right now for that. We fully intend to do that. I think at the moment, we're just testing out the pathways on a sort of improvement methodology. We need bigger numbers to really comment on that. What our initial findings are that people are responding really positively to this. The patients that we have seen so far have all said, this is a great initiative. I don't mind receiving a letter out of the blue, a phone call out of the blue. No, this is a really good thing. Yeah, nudge me to improve my liver health or whatever it is. That's the kind of feeling we get. We haven't as yet had any complaints saying, I really wish you hadn't done this. You, um, we will, I think, as we expand the numbers, I'm sure we will get people who will say, no, this is not a good idea. I wish you'd left me alone. And we will get that. As the numbers grow, yeah, we fully intend to analyze it. And in terms of downstream treatment, response to treatment, everything that comes from, from the moment they come to a liver clinic, everything should mirror pretty much what would happen to them if they've been referred by a GP, by another specialist. So downstream, we're not expecting that to be massively different. Maybe these people will be better engaged. Who knows? Maybe they'll remember that initial consultation where they, yeah, they really benefited from, from this process. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section on the page from which you downloaded this conversation in your podcast distributor or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. I'll be on holiday next week, but Louise and Jorn will be here to look at fatty liver disease in Australia. I'll be back the following week with them. So until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you every week here on the Surfing the Nash Tsunami Podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs>